0: Welcome, Church Experience, to another impactful service together. We get to spend time singing, learning from a message, um, and just growing in our faith together. I cannot wait. You know, you might have a prayer request, a comment, you want to get a hold of us. Go ahead and scan that QR code, or you can go to www.churchexperience.tv backslash connect, and we would love to hear from you. You know, another way to stay up to date with us is to hit that subscribe button right there (laughs) if you wanna stay up on things and know what's going on. Don't miss out. Um, But you know what? I am ready for this impactful message. So let's enjoy our time together. Go ahead and stand and let's sing some songs.
1: every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh Jesus, Jesus, the name Show yeah.
2: He's so worthy. He's worthy of every breath we breathe. He's worthy of every song we sing. Oh God, you're so worthy. Father God, we build our foundation upon you, Lord. We just wanna thank you, God. We worship you today, Lord. You are our firm foundation, God. We put all our trust in you, Lord. Father God, go before us. You're the one who knows before anybody knows, Lord. We pray that you would just fill us up, Father God. Father God, we love you. We put all our faith and trust and hope in you, Lord. And it is in your name we pray, Jesus, amen.
3: One time our family was downtown Dunedin at the beautiful Edgewater Park, enjoying an amazing day on the water. And at one point I step away from the family and I walk over toward the pavilion. And I see the men's restroom and I decide to step inside. And as I step inside the men's bathroom, I realize that the lights have been turned out. It's completely dark. I can't see a single thing. So I reached my hand in alongside the wall trying to find a light switch while I propped the door open with my foot. And I'm trying to find this light switch, and all of a sudden, the lights turn on instantly. And what had happened is my hand, reaching in the bathroom, had turned on a motion sensor light. You know how these lights work, right? I mean, you walk into the bathroom, and the lights should just turn on for you automatically. And then when you leave a few minutes later, the lights turn out behind you to save power and energy. Well, I had walked into this, what once was a very dark bathroom, when this light came on, I I walk in all by myself, which is why I was so startled when I heard from the back of the men's bathroom a grown man's voice coming from inside the stall, and he simply said, thank you, (laughs) thank you i like, what is going on? Well, it took me a moment, and I realized what had happened. This guy had been inside the stall where there is no motion-censored lights. He'd been trying to finish his business when the lights went out, leaving him stuck inside the stall. Well, thankfully for him, I showed up, and he was rescued. The lights came on. He was able to finish up. But man, I remember that, that moment because it was hilarious to me because this guy was literally stuck in the dark. And you know what that's like, right? You know what it's like to be stuck in the darkness of life, not sure what you're gonna do, confined by the cloud of dark consequences that's falling over your life from the series of choices that you made, whether they were massive, poor decisions or a series of small decisions, you landed yourself in a place that you don't wanna be. And we call that place being stuck. And maybe some of you feel that you are there today, stuck, surrounded by the consequences of choices you've previously made, and it's looking pretty dark. Well, the amazing thing about God's word is it describes exactly where we feel we are at times. And in Proverbs chapter one, there's this description of somebody who walks without God's wisdom. And it says in Proverbs chapter one, verse 29, it says, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them it says they'll be they'll be filled with the fruit of their ways the consequences of their choices And do you realize that God allows you to be fully in control of your choices but not in control of the consequences from your choices? See, the the consequence from your choice is a natural result from what you decided to do. The Bible describes it both in the Old Testament and the New Testament as the fruit of our ways. Because I'm thinking here as I, I read this, the fruit of their ways, I'm thinking of Galatians chapter five in the New Testament. Where it tells us that when we walk in the Spirit of God, there's this natural result, this natural growth in our life that comes from living in the Spirit of God. There's these nine attributes that are listed. Things like love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. These nine different things that grow up in our life naturally as a byproduct, as a result of the choices that we make. In this case, the choice to live with the Spirit of God in our life. The choice to follow Jesus and walk in His ways there's a good result, the fruit. There's a good fruit that grows. But interestingly, here in Proverbs chapter one, it tells us in, the, in a very similar way, when we make unwise choices, when we live in sin and foolishness and we disregard God's ways, we also experience fruit in our lives. We experience growth in our lives, a byproduct, a result from the choices that we make. And in the same way that when you make good decisions and follow the Lord's wisdom, and you live God's way in God's world, you experience good things. When you decide to ignore God's way, and you decide to do it your way instead, and we walk in sin and foolishness, it says that we will eat the fruit of our ways. We'll experience the consequences of the choices we make, which is why your decisions will define you. Your choices will choose what kind of life that you live choices are massive and today as we talk about God's wisdom if I could just help you make some better choices with God's word if we we could just allow God's word to wash over our decision making process and whether you've been making good decisions and they could become great decisions this next year or maybe this last year was marked by a bunch of bad decisions and you could turn those into better decisions I just think your life could radically be different Because so often it's a series of small unwise choices that mark our life with regret and disappointment. I love the book by Andy Stanley called The Best Question Ever. And it's a book about wisdom. I'd highly recommend it. And in that book, he has a quote. He says, our greatest moral regrets are always preceded by a series of unwise choices. Isn't that true of your life? He goes on and he says, it's not wrong choices, not impermissible, not illegal, but unwise choices. We choose ourselves to the brink of disaster because none of the choices that we made along the way were wrong, it was unwise. Time and time again, we, we made a little choice. And it wasn't the, the best thing we could have done, but it was, it was a little compromise, taking a little bit of a shortcut, in an easier way, a little small thing. And, and then all of a sudden, all these small decisions brought about a big consequence in our life or a big regret or a missed big opportunity? What if God could help you refine your decision-making process to where your decision-making framework was all about what God's wisdom said was the right thing and the best thing for you to do in that moment? Wouldn't it radically transform the outcomes that we would get in our lives? Absolutely it would. See, God's Wisdom prevails because God's word is truth and God's ways are right. And when we live for God's ways and God's world, we get the blessing that God provides. And, and you know, it's interesting. We we did a survey in our church just recently about uh, things that people want to hear a message about over these next 12 months. And it's going to really inform our uh, decision-making with teaching, and, and I just found it so interesting to, to read what people are saying. Hey, I'd like to hear a, a message from the Bible about this topic, and, and so many of the things that people were struggling with or wanted answers to, so many of those things can be highly impacted by wisdom, by God's wisdom. I and mean, some of the things that people say, you know, I, I want wisdom for relationships, and I want to know how to manage my money better, and I, I, I want to overcome addictions. I want to know how to pursue purpose, navigate through the valleys in life, and understand Complex situations. And just all of these things, as I look through there, I'm thinking God's wisdom will provide answers for you and those things that you're struggling with. So I, I don't know what it is today that's on your mind. I, I don't know what's top of mind for you right now, but I can tell you this that God's wisdom provides answers. For whatever that you're stuck in, whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, whatever decision you're trying to make, whatever's over the horizon, God's wisdom provides so many benefits. Look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three, verse 13. It says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and those who hold her fast will be blessed. Those are some powerful statements it's it's better than any treasure that you can desire. That's what God is saying about his wisdom. It's better than anything that you can imagine. It will produce a better result in your life than anything else that you can pursue. It talks about it being profitable and yielding better returns in verse 14. It talks about long life and riches and honor in verse 16. In verse 17, it says that there's pleasant ways when you go the way of wisdom. There's all the paths are of peace, and, and it's a tree of life in verse 18. I mean, all these amazing descriptions, but the summary of all of it, where it began and ended in verse 13 and 18, it says it's blessed. It's a blessed life. A life that pursues God's wisdom is a blessed life life so here's the lesson in all this God's wisdom delivers immense blessings. God's wisdom it, it delivers immense massive blessing into your life and that's what I want for you as your pastor I, I want immense blessing to pour into your life like a river but it comes through the path of God's wisdom God's wisdom. And God has so much wisdom He wants to bring into your life, and and there's so much blessing that comes as a result, and and it can be material, like it mentions here. But there's there's such deeper riches, more truer riches, things things like God's joy, and His peace, His love. That's it's so much more satisfying than the material blessings of this world. But but God's wisdom it provides all these things. It it fills our lives with God's goodness. But Unlike what most of us might naturally and reflexively think, wisdom is not just a bunch of good ideas and life hacks. <laughs> and you can get on YouTube and there's all kinds of videos that you can watch on how to live a good life. All kinds of ideas and tips and tricks on how to live a good life. But, but what God's Word is talking about here is very different than just a top 10 list of how to live a good life. That's not what it's talking about here. That's, that's not the wholeness of God's wisdom. It's very different than what you'll find in the world, what we'd call worldly wisdom. It's so much more substantial than that. And unfortunately, a lot of preaching even in our world, and a lot of teaching that we're exposed to has been boiled down just to life lessons. Here's how to get some wisdom to live your best life. In fact, in, in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians verse 3 or chapter three, verse 19, warns us against this. It says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. So there's two kinds of wisdom, apparently. There's God's wisdom, and then there's man's wisdom. And man's wisdom is foolishness in comparison to God's wisdom. It's not saying that there's, there's nothing there that you can learn from and get an idea from, and oh, man, that makes sense. It's just saying that in comparison to God's wisdom, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's foolishness. And why, why is man's wisdom, when it stands alone, why is it foolishness? There's three primary reasons that set apart God's wisdom from the world's wisdom. The first and most defining difference is that God's wisdom is built on the truth of the gospel. If you detach the good news of Jesus Christ, salvation through faith in Christ alone, if you detach any kind of wisdom from that, it's very empty and short-sighted. Because no matter how good of a life you can amass through living out these good ideas and and filling your life with comfort and, and material blessings, in the end, you will perish for all of eternity, be separated from God. I mean, the ultimate decision, we're talking about decisions in life, the ultimate decision is to choose to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or to reject him. It's the ultimate decision and you're fully in control of that choice. But you are not in control of the consequence. And choosing to reject God, as I heard one person say, for all of your life, he will not force you to live with him in eternity in heaven. You'll suffer the consequences of your decision of rejecting him here. And he will reject you for all of eternity. So you get a choice. And so wisdom, no matter how good it sounds and no matter how great we package it, and even the results that we get in the short term, devoid of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it's a waste of time. It's empty. It's empty. It's empty. Some of you know that we used to live in Washington, D.C., and we had a great opportunity out of a friend named John who worked in the ERT team at the White House. He was an emergency response team. So he's part of the Secret Service, not the dudes in the suits, but the dudes in the jackets with the machine guns and the dogs. That was him. And, and he invited me to go to the White House, and I told some of you this story. I had to go and ended up meeting the president, holding his, the president's dog, getting to sign the White House guest book and stand there in the Rose Garden, watch Marine One land. It was just an incredible experience. But my, my point in bringing this story up again is, is this. When, when John invited us to come, he told us that we were supposed to wait outside the White House for one of his team members, a guy that was in training, to come out and get us to escort us into the White House property, and beyond the fence, beyond the security and all that. And, and we were supposed to wait for him. We had to bring our identification, our driver's licenses. We had to be able to prove who we are. Our names were, were, were there ahead of time. They were ready for us. And and finally, this this guy came out, and he identified himself, and he had his lanyard on, and he had his identification, and he walked us up to the security gate for the White House. And, And when we walked up to the gate, they checked him out, they checked out his identification, and they knew who he was, they verified who he was, and then they checked out our identification to verify who we were, and then they let us in. Now, had my friend John not sent out the guy that had the credentials to get us in, I could have walked up to that security booth and I I could have proven that I am Brandon Bruce, I could prove who I am, but they still would not have let me in on my own merit. But when I was there with somebody who had the credentials, somebody who they would allow in, I was allowed to go in with them. Not based on my own merit, not based on my own identity, but based on his identity. That's the only reason I got through security. The only way that we have hope to get into heaven is not based on our own right acts and our own right decision-making, our own right choices. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags to God it's not good enough because we've made so many poor decisions. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And because we've made so many poor decisions along the way, it doesn't matter how many good decisions we've made. They've been sprinkled in with all kinds of bad decisions, and it's really muddied the water. It's ruined it in God's sight. This holy, perfect God who has a perfect standard, we were not able to live up to, it and there's no way that we will get into heaven, into God's presence, based on our own worthiness, their own righteousness, We didn't deserve it. We'd sinned. We'd fallen short. But because God in heaven loved you so much, he saw value in you despite your imperfections and your poor choices. He sent his son Jesus who lived a sinless life on earth. Although he was tempted in every way that you were, he was without sin, which means he's the only person that could have paid the penalty for your sins and mine, and he willingly did it on the cross. And when he shed his blood on the cross, that that blood that washes away our sins, the blood of Jesus that died for you, then his righteousness is transferred to you, his credentials are transferred to you so that when you approach the gates of heaven one day, it's not based on your own merit. It's not based on your own identity and credentials. It's based on Christ and what he did for you. And that's that's the beauty of God's wisdom. It's built on that truth. And once you understand that truth, it, it really changes the lens through which you see all of wisdom and all of the world. That's the major difference between God's wisdom and the world's wisdom, but there's still at least a couple other things that make God's wisdom different than the world's wisdom. The second thing is it's God's wisdom is based on God's word, not man's word. It's based on God's word. God's word is the defining standard of truth. That's how we know what truth is. The third thing is it is backed by God's power. It's backed by God's power. God activates his wisdom in our life with power through his spirit. I can't wait next week. I hope you'll be with us. We're going to start a new teaching series called Miracles, and it's going to be amazing. I believe God's going to move in a fresh way in your life. And listen, I cannot wait to see what God does in our church. I can't wait to see what he does in our families. I can't wait to see what he does in your life. I hope you'll be here with us every week starting next week for our our Miracles teaching series, talking about some of the supernatural things that God has done in history and can do here in the present. I just can't wait for it. With God's wisdom, it's it's so powerful, so powerful. Take a look with me at Proverbs chapter two, beginning in verse one. It says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will... Understand the fear of the Lord and will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. If, did you notice the ifs in that passage? It says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. If you call out for wisdom and insight. If you cry aloud for it. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, here's the lesson. God grants wisdom if I pursue it. God grants wisdom if I pursue it. And if you pursue God's wisdom, God will give you the wisdom that you desire. If you pursue it, God will deliver it, but you've got to search for it. You've got to pursue it. You've got to be hungry for it. And you've got to say, God, I need your wisdom. Because, God, I confess I cannot, I cannot produce wisdom for myself. I can't figure it out on my own. God, I, I need you. I'm desperate for your wisdom, your truth. And, and if you will pursue it, God will bring it into your life. And so where is it that you're desperate for wisdom? Are you trying to figure out how to parent your kids and raise godly kids in a secular and godless culture? Are you trying to figure out how to make a difference for Jesus and find a purpose, live a life that really matters here on earth as your days pass by rapidly? I mean, I don't know what it is that you're looking for wisdom for, but if you pursue it as if you're looking for hidden treasure, and you say, God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your truth. God will deliver that into your life, and God will bless you, and he will help you, and he will guide you so that you can experience the result of his wisdom. And what's the result? It's an if-then statement. He has all these if statements, if you will pursue it. But then notice what it says in verse five, chapter two. Then, see, it's if then. If you do these things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. When you pursue God, and you decide to honor him and how you live and you decide to pursue God's ways and you decide to chase wisdom and say, you know, I'm hungry to learn. I'm gonna be a lifelong learner, not just of the world's wisdom, but to learn how God wants me to live. And I'm hungry to learn his word and I'm hungry to experience his truth and I'm hungry to know him more and walk in his ways in every way in my life. I want to live for him, not just to live a good life, but, but to live a God honoring life. Man, when you do that, you experience the blessing and favor of God like you can't imagine. Like you can't imagine. I can remember it like it was yesterday. The day was over seven years ago. And for about 10 months prior to that moment, um, our family had been desperate to get into a house. We were renting a third floor apartment. We were church planters. Uh, We knew we wanted to get into a home and purchase a home, put some roots down here in Florida. We just we could not find a house. Uh, Jennifer and I had like a little debate as we look back on it, to be honest. Like we have this little disagreement. Um, She says that I was really frustrated. I said, I was just a little kind of frustrated. Uh, And she was like, no, you were seriously frustrated. And to be honest, I really was frustrated. I was so frustrated because we could not get into a house we couldn't afford a house. We couldn't, we couldn't get into one. We couldn't find the right one. And it was just it was a frustrating journey. For about 10 months, we were looking and trying our best. And, and finally, God delivered this house we had been praying for. It. it had been sitting empty for like months and months. It was a, a foreclosure. We saw it when it was a pre-foreclosure. It got foreclosed on, and it was empty. It was just sitting there, and we'd pull in the drive. We'd pray, wait. And I'll never forget the day that the realtor put that key in my hand. I'll never forget it because we have been praying. We had been fasting We've been driving by this house. And we've been picturing what it would be like to put our furniture up in there and to set it up and have our kids running in the yard. We were just picturing all these things. But nothing happened until he put that key in my hand. But once he put that key in my hand, we drove over to the house and we had some little $5 pizzas there on the floor and we, we sat there and just, just had a moment. Just like, wow, God, look what you've done. What a miracle. It truly was a miracle for us. We still talk about it as a family. But once we got that key, Furniture started coming in and filling those empty rooms, and, and, and paint started coming on those walls. Right, and, and, and renovation projects over the years started to happen. We started to make that house a home for the Bruce family. Like that, that things started to change once we got the key. And once you find the key, God's wisdom. For your situation, what your struggle is, what your need is, what your hurt is, where you need healing. Once you get that key of God's word, God's wisdom, man, things start to change. Because then Jesus can come in and he can start to change things and improve things. And he can start to renovate and change your life. But it only comes after you experience and find the key, which is God's wisdom. Here's the lesson. God has the key to unlock where I'm stuck. God has the key. It doesn't matter where you're stuck at. God has the key to unlock where you're stuck. And I want to encourage somebody with that today because today you've been struggling for so long and today's the day where God's going to set you on a journey to pursue and chase his wisdom that's going to unlock wherever you're stuck and set you free. But it's only through God's way, through God's word, God's wisdom is the key to set you free. What's the result of all this if then statements if I pursue God's wisdom then he'll bring his blessing in my life what's that look like look at proverbs 20 uh, proverbs chapter 2 one more time with me verse 7 it says god holds success in store for the upright he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones and then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And it goes on and shares some of the many blessings of God's wisdom that comes into our life. It's a much better life, a pleasant life, a life filled with peace and joy. It's God's blessing that comes into the life of someone who finds that key, that it's, it's God's way. God, I want. what's the key? I wanna do it your way. I wanna know what you say is best. I wanna know the right way. And as I pursue that wisdom, God brings blessing into my life. And I'll close with this in Proverbs chapter two. Look, look back again one more time at verse five. Where does that wisdom come from? It says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So it's God's knowledge that we seek. It's God's knowledge that we need. It's from him. And and look at verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The wisdom that you and I need, it comes from God, from his mouth. It's his knowledge. It's it's, it's God's truth that we need. It's God's ways that we need. And when we pursue it with all of our heart, it changes everything. So pastor, tell me, how do I do that? Because I'm with you. Like whatever it is that I've been going through for good or bad, like I recognize today that if I can make, better decisions with better wisdom, wisdom that comes from God, not the world. I mean, my life could be better. It could be different. I can make a bigger impact for Jesus. So help me know how to pursue that wisdom. And I'd say to you, here's the how. Here's three brief things. One is you've got to get in God's word on a regular basis. We talk about this all the time because it's the most defining part of, of your life as a believer is, is hearing God's voice because you have a lot of voices in your life, but you've got to hear God's voice through God's word and when you get in god's word on a daily basis maybe multiple times a day when you get in god's word and that's the defining decision making framework of your life it will change everything so here's my challenge we've been talking about wisdom today what if you get in the book of proverbs about in the middle of your bible the book of proverbs is filled with life wisdom there's 31 chapters what if you took the next 31 days and every day you read a chapter of proverbs It'll just take you a few minutes. But every day, you try to read a little bit of God's Word. Now, if, if you've never read God's Word before, that's okay. You can start right there, and you can get some of God's wisdom and God's truth. Some of what we read today is from the book of Proverbs, and you can get that. and You can get it in your head. You might even say, I'm gonna go two or three months and because I can, every month I can just read through the whole book and I'm just gonna really let it just get into my heart, into my life. You might go on and get into the New Testament, read us some, some of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just to hear about the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. But, but just, just get in there on a daily basis, just get that rhythm, that habit. You got questions, write them down, go ask somebody. You can, you can get online in a Bible commentary, and you can do some research and we'll help you. Just let us know how we can help. But look, get in God's word every day, next 30 days. That's my, that's my challenge for you. That's the first thing you can do. The second thing, the second thing is this. Um, some of us are the kind of people that we we like to get away every once in a while and travel. Maybe, maybe maybe for you just you know, getting out of town for a day, maybe a summer vacation, maybe the holidays, you go see family. I don't know what it is, but a lot of us we, we like get away every once in a while and go on a vacation and and, and some of you, you you are massive overpackers, right? And and some of you are underpackers. You know what I'm saying? I I think it's interesting that, that God puts a lot of times the opposites together. It's kind of like how sometimes married people, one of them likes it hotter in the house, one of them like so the temperature colder. It's just probably how the opposites sometimes come together. I think it's true even in traveling. A lot of times I've seen couples. It's like there's the overpacker and there's the underpacker, and that. Pros and cons to both of them, right? The the underpackers sometimes they get to the end of the long trip, maybe they add on a day and they run out of socks and underwear. <laughs> and the other person's like, see, I told you you should have packed more. And they got their little suitcase all, all slender, just a few little things, but they don't have enough socks and underwear. So, so bad luck for them. Uh, but then there's some of you, you're, you're overpackers. And, and and the bad thing for you, when you overpack and you got this massive suitcase, the, the problem is that when you finally get to your destination, you're exhausted because you've been carrying around this heavy suitcase everywhere and you've been packing everything in it. When you open it up, You can't even find the outfit you want to wear because it's buried and all those other things that you brought with you, right? So there's overpackers, underpackers. And let's just say that you get to the airport going on a big trip and you got your suitcase, whether you overpack or underpacked, either way, you got your suitcase and and you show up at that counter. There's something that you're going to find right there on the desk and you're going to find a a stack of these, these tags. And and they're going to tell you to, to fill out your vital contact information and attach it to the suitcase, because if the suitcase gets lost, then they can still track you down and they can return your belongings to you. And they tell you to put your name on it and attach it to your baggage. Put your name on your baggage. And what you're doing when you put your name on your baggage is you're saying, this property is mine. This baggage is mine. And here's the second thing, if you want God's wisdom, you've got to name your baggage. You've got to name your issues. And once you name your issues and you can name what it is in your life where you're stuck and where you need God's wisdom and where you need God's help, once you can name that, now God can go to work. Now God's wisdom can start to unlock the areas in your life where you've been trapped. But you need God's wisdom and God's world to do it God's way. And once you find God's wisdom, God can transform and change your life like you can't imagine, but you've got to start by identifying, here's my problem. It always starts with saying, I've got a problem. And once you can admit what that is and bring it to God, then you're ready for the third step. And the third step is to seek God's wisdom in that area of your life where you feel stuck. So you're getting in God's word, you're starting to learn God's ways, and then it's going to start exposing in the areas of your life where you have issues, where you have baggage, you're going to name it, and then you're going to start to aggressively pursue. You're going to go back to God's word. You're going to go to Christian mentors and advisors and teachers and pastors and counselors, and you're going to start to get hungry, like you're pursuing lost treasure. Like, here's my issue, God. I'm always struggling with fear. God, I'm always struggling with insecurity. God, I'm a very greedy person, a very lustful person, a very prideful person. God, here's my issue. God, help me understand how can change it. James, chapter one, verse twenty-two says, "Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says." And you can't do what it says until you know what it says. And after you know what it says, and you know what your issue is, you start pursuing what God has for you. I'm telling you, God will change your life, and it comes when you pursue His wisdom with everything you got. So, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about God's word? Are you going to get in the challenge? Are you going to name your baggage? You're gonna start pursuing the answers to unlock from wherever you're stuck. I hope you will do it. And as you do it, you're gonna find that God's wisdom brings immense blessing into your life. Right on? Right on. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing word. It, it sets us free, it brings blessing into our life. It, it lights up our path. And when we're stuck in the darkness and we can't find our way out, God, you you open that door of wisdom that gives us light. So thank you for your truth. Thank you for your, your love for us, your grace. Thank you so much that we get to follow you. What a blessing. And God, I pray for the person here today who feels stuck, defeated, discouraged. God, give them greater wisdom through your word to know how to live for you. And I pray that you'd bless them as they take a step. Even if it's a baby step, I pray you bless them as they start taking steps towards you, away from sin and foolishness and towards your wisdom and towards your ways. Most of all, Jesus, I pray that we would take steps towards you each and every day, living for you as Jesus followers. It's in your name we pray, amen.
0: Wow, what a great day it has been together. And you know, I hope that God really spoke to you during that time of worship and message. In fact, if you happen to make a commitment during today's service, please go ahead and scan that code uh, so that we can get connected with you. You know, you may be saying, I wish I was more connected here at CE. You can scan that code, or subscribe is even better, because then you'll know what's going on. Uh, but we also have a website, an app, a social media. You can catch us at all those places. No matter how you do it, we would love to connect with you. And I can't wait to see you again next service.